As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Hello, welcome to 2021 and welcome back to On Farm. My name is Anna Davis and as you can hear, I have brought the new year in this year with a bit of a croaky voice, so apologies for that. Um, this week and today marks the very first birthday of On Farm, so we could not let that go by uncelebrated. So we are coming to you with a little bit of fresh content, but also repeating the episode that we first aired on our very first broadcast. So today I am joined by Katrina Barclay, who is in charge of the wonderful charity RET, which is the Royal Highland Education Trust. Katrina is also a director of the Royal Highland and Agricultural Society. So she's going to tell us a little bit about what RET have been doing uh, throughout lockdown to make sure that children are still able to be educated about food, farming and the countryside. Now, I don't think I've seen Katrina in person. I've seen her over Zoom many times, but I don't think I've seen Katrina in person since February 2020, which was when she and her team organised the most amazing gala dinner for RET to raise money for the charity. A huge number of people from the agricultural industry and beyond uh, attended the event, sponsored the event. And uh, when the evening finished, Thanks, I think, to uh, the auctioneers and also to Jim Smith, uh, who certainly got the audience going and got them bidding on various amazing items. But the event raised almost £100,000 for the charity, which is absolutely fantastic. And I think it holds a special memory um, for, for many people, partly because of the wonderful fundraising, but partly because I think it was the last time many of us uh, dressed up and socialised with other people in the same room. So um, Katrina is back over Zoom again. Hopefully I'll get to see her in person before too long to tell us about the last year and what's been happening with Rhett and, and looking ahead a little bit to the future. And then we will play you uh, the original episode, which tells a little bit more about the charity and why it's so important. So sit back, put your feet up and enjoy. And we'll see you with the fresh episode next week. As we sort of engage mainly with school children of primary and secondary ages. Our work came to an abrupt halt when the, the schools closed and understandably these things have to happen and we looked at our our deliverables, our activities and what could we do, what what could we replace our face-to-face -face activity with? How would we replace it? Who would we need to do it? How would we go about doing it? And I think one of the the key uh, unique selling points, if you like, of RET is the fact that we have a huge amount of very creative, very passionate, enthusiastic people who can come up with some fantastic solutions to any sort of um, problem 
mean, this is quite a big problem. It was a bit of a crisis. But um, I think what we are really lucky with within RET is we have this army of volunteers. We have our uh, project coordinators who are forever trying to work out solutions. So what we spent quite a bit of time doing in 2020 was engaging more digitally with our teachers and with the pupils. A lot of online learning became you know, came, became the norm for for vast majority of pupils, and so we took the opportunity to look at how can we uh, deliver some of our excellent farm visit material online without it losing some of that special connection that we get. And we had some wonderful contact from volunteers saying, "What can I do? Tell me, what do you need me to do? What can I do?" And so. You ask somebody to point a camera at themselves and start filming, it it might actually scare them off. But vast majority of people that we asked, could you film a, in your in your dairy calving house? Could you do a film of you um, harvesting? Yes, no problem. So we've been really lucky um, in lots of ways, and I know that we're fortunate because of this army of people who who have been with Rhett for so long. Um, they've been able to help us start to build a bit of a library of resources and what we've been doing with that library of resources is connecting it into the curriculum so we can once again help teachers establish the the ease in which they can take a rec resource into the classroom and link it in with their daily learning. I know, and and having watched your progress and spoken to you for some of the episodes that we did focusing on uh, the Royal Highland Show and the Royal Highland Agricultural Society and, and followed you on Facebook and seen some of the wonderful videos, we learned how to bake scones, we learned about worms, we learned how to make butter out of full fat milk. Um, we, we joined in and, and it was absolutely brilliant. And I think uh, good on you and good on all of your volunteers because you, you made this learning happen despite the challenges and, and I, I think everybody will be be very very impressed and, and grateful as well um, but going forward we, we nobody has a crystal ball um, what are you hoping for for the rest of this year um, in terms of the way in which RET can operate? Looking at my crystal ball which is a little bit uh, jaded and well handled just now really what we would love to see is an opportunity to get kids back out into the countryside. Now, we know that that will not be a busload potentially arriving on farm. It might be smaller groups. It might be in specific council areas, depending on restrictions and opportunities. But that's our purpose. That's our aim. And what we're continually driving towards is can we help facilitate that visit to the working countryside? So... Um, we have some very excited, uh, enthusiastic people who are making plans for events for schools later in the year on the chance that we will be able to actually facilitate it. Um, and if not, is there a digital version of that event that we can still um, capture? Because I think when you've got a lot of people investing time and effort and energy, it's good to have a, a plan B more than off, more than ever now. Um, so yeah, I think the the overall aim is absolutely that we will be able to re-engage in our activities with a huge difference in the background. There'll be a lot of uh, work done by by the team to make sure that we are 
able to deliver what we would like to on farm and you know we want that sensory experience again the, the, the online experience is wonderful as we all know but you don't get to smell and feel and touch and really get to see the 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 sheer passion and the pride that we we have in our our volunteers who are standing there just telling the story and doing the uh you know doing the, the talk if you like and and yeah ultimately getting kids back out on farm but in the meantime we are progressing with how can we s- support teachers more in classroom uh what resources games what content do they need that will allow us to in- engage with different parts of farming food production so yeah i think the the feeling is the show must go on we will keep to our our charitable remit which is to um help children and or young people explore and understand more about food farming in the working countryside and we have got some tried and tested activities now that have worked well online some not so well so we will we'll just keep going Anna we'll keep going I am sure you will and I've got every confidence that that all of your volunteers will do everything they can and I've got every finger and toe crossed that we'll see you at the Highland show and that we'll see you and and out and about on farm and getting children on farm as well so Thank you very much. Um, we're now going to go and listen to this episode from a year ago, which is how things were uh, for Rhett, but hopefully ha- what we can get back to as well. So anybody who's not already familiar with Rhett should absolutely have a listen because they're they're a wonderful educational charity and they do so much for Scotland school children. So uh, please keep listening, everybody. And uh, we will be back also next week with a fresh episode. So uh, thank you very much, Katrina. And uh, I hope that 2021 delivers a lot more uh, positive activity for you. So thank you for joining me again. Thank you very much, Anna. I love reminiscing and I'm looking forward to listening to the podcast again. Good. Oh, well, thank you. Hello and welcome. Thank you for downloading this very first edition of On Farm. We're super excited to have you with us. On Farm is dedicated to rural life here in Scotland with farm short for food, agriculture and rural matters. We're all about opening up the countryside and giving you the inside track on rural life. So for the rest of this first episode, we thought we'd spend time with another organisation that also does that and brilliantly. I'm talking about the charity RET, the Royal Highland Education Trust. They take school-aged children onto farms and work with teachers and schools to build understanding of food production into their lessons. To find out more, we joined a tour ourselves with John Sinclair, a long-time rep volunteer and the owner of Craigie's Farm Deli and Cafe just outside Edinburgh. Well, come on then, kids, into this tunnel here and uh, let's have a look to see what's growing in here. John's quite seasoned at this, so he's, there's probably not very many questions that he hasn't heard and can't answer so we're in safe hands here so does anyone guess what these might be apples. yep not apples no like do you know wild raspberries they're not wild raspberries they are raspberries so these raspberries are they're not growing in the ground they're growing in in pots they're growing in compost uh, it's it's like a compost it's coir it's crushed up coconut shells yeah, so well, well done. I get immense satisfaction from doing rec visits, you know, just seeing kids learning and uh, about farming and how their food's produced, and I think it's, it's, it's really important. And also, do you see here there's a pipe yeah. running along? 
Yes, now, for water. That's for the water. And what else do you think might be in the water? What do you think raspberries might need? Need kinds, different kinds of fertilizer nutrients, yeah. Um, plant food. And plant food. Yep. So it's basically plant food that kind of comes into the, uh, in through these little pipes into the raspberries to keep them growing. Right. Come on then. Let's go and have a look at some some veggies. We'll head this way. How do you feel when you see children and they come and their knowledge level about farming might have been low at first, but you can really see them as they grow? How do you feel about that? I've, I've always always kind of wondered, uh, you know, why teachers are teachers think it must be a really tough job, which I'm sure it is, but, you know, there must be a, an immense amount of satisfaction kind of learning and giving knowledge to someone. And I suppose it's exactly the same when, when you know, the kids come out onto the farm, they don't know how things are growing, how the food's growing and uh, how animals are looked after. OK, gather round. Cauliflower. We've got lots of guesses here. We've got cauliflower, lettuce. Anyone else want to guess something? Oh, like I heard I it. Yeah. So if you want to look under the leaves and see if you can find any Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you see them in the meadow? Brussels yeah. Who likes Brussels sprouts? Not me. Never tried them. <laughs> Never tried them. Never tried them. I do not like them. Why not? I don't like them. Uh, they're lovely. Lots of nutrients in them, but you can see there there's a pipe. Yeah. Yeah. So if we need to put any water in, then we can put water in as well. Okay, let's just jump over some of these and just see what else we've got growing here. So being able to pass that knowledge over to the kids and seeing them sucking it in like a sponge is really satisfying. So Emmy, that's kind of a natural lead on to speak to you. Um, can you tell us first of all who you are and what you do, and then we'll talk to you about your experiences with Threat. I'm Emmy Petrie. I currently work at Queensferry Primary School in South Queensferry, um, and this is my fourth year teaching. So you've been involved with Threat for for a couple of years now. Um, what do you see in the children, and by way of benefit, after they've been on a farm visit? It's nice to see you how their knowledge of where food comes from and it's kind of knowing when food is in season and when to pick food and where it comes from so that um, kind of story behind food and being knowledgeable and kind of passing that knowledge on to their families and when they're going shopping they can say oh I know where that food comes from so yeah. And do you see a difference in them after they've been on a farm visit? Yeah, they are more knowledgeable and they're more excited to try different foods. I know that I've done tastings with children and just from the knowledge that they've got from that food, they are more willing to try new foods, which is really exciting. Yeah. And what about you? Do you enjoy it as well? Yeah, I love it. And it's nice to see the smiling faces and they're so excited to be around farms. And it's knowledge without them really realising it. It's a bit of fun for them, but they're, as you said, picking it up like sponges and just really grasping it and understanding where food comes from. These rows here have been harvested. Yeah, because you spotted it. So these are harvested cauliflowers. Let's go over and see if we can find a cauliflower that's not been picked yet. So this one is going to be a cauliflower in sort of February time, so it's still got a lot of growing to go. It's almost like a cabbage, isn't it? It's the same family, uh, and the heart will grow into a cauliflower and it'll be ready ready to pick in, in February, March time. Uh, whereas we've got other varieties 
that are uh, grow at different times and you can see there behind us that we've been harvesting for selling in the shop uh, right now. Okay, do you all like cauliflowers? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Oh, a bit more mixed. The more people like cauliflower than Brussels sprouts. So if, if I was a primary school teacher, I, I don't think I have the patience, but if I was, <laughs> but I wasn't yet involved with RET, what would you say to, to try and persuade me? I think children need to know where food comes from and I think it's a really important thing, especially for the future and being sustainable. So as a teacher, a lot of our work is to do with sustainability within Scotland and I think this is a really good opportunity for children to understand where food comes from and being knowledgeable um, and be able to work with local places to understand these things. Yeah. Just being able to understand and almost sparks that curiosity around where food comes from and then that knowledge starts to build on that curiosity and having such like wonderful people like farmers being able to share this and share their passion with these children so those children get really excited about these things it's really nice okay so this is us at the at the chickens now that one's staring at me it's staring at you now, this one here is an Isa Brown. So, what colour of egg do you think get, Liz? White brown. The brown ones, yeah. And then the Wessex, white. the white ones, white, yeah. <laughs> That's what you think it's saying to you. Go away. Close the window, please. It's cold in here. You see a chicken's bum? I don't get too close to it. Yeah. So, how many eggs do you think a chicken will maybe lay in in a week? Uh, about three. Eight, no. Seven. Seven, close. Six. Six, yep. So, they'll have one day off. Yeah. Usually a, a chicken will lay about six eggs in a week. And when they start off, a young chicken is called a pullet. So that's like a teenager. But as the chicken gets older and older, the eggs will get bigger and bigger. Okay, so who all likes eggs? Fried. Fried. Scrambled. Scrambled. Toasted. Toasted. Toasted egg. <laughs> Toast and egg. John, Emmy talked there about sustainability of food production, but farmers are involved in an awful lot more than just food production when it comes to sustainability. So can you tell us briefly about some of the things that you do here in, in that regard? Yeah, I mean, that's an important part of the school visit. I mean, it's not really something we went into in detail today. Uh, but, you know, biodiversity and how, how the farmers uh, uh, farm with the environment and, and, the, uh, and nature around about them as well is, is really important. And, you know, it's a, uh, you know, it's a key message that, that we need to get across. Absolutely. And um, we're also joined um, by Sarah, who is, uh, what's your job title, Sarah? Learning and Development Coordinator with RET. With RET. And so is sustainability quite a big part of, of what you work with, with children and teachers on? Yeah, sustainability is becoming increasingly important and we're doing a lot of work with secondary school teachers around issues concerned with the sustainability of food production and it's not just secondary school teachers, we also do a lot of training with primary school teachers oh, right, to yeah. make sure that they're aware of food and sustainability. Yes, yeah. And uh, I heard you mention, I was slightly eavesdropping, that you had been speaking to I think 40 uh, senior school pupils today. Mm -hmm. um, what, what were you talking to them about? 
Uh, well, today we were looking at seasonality and covering some topical issues like food miles, and we also did some cooking with seasonal vegetables. So the focus today was cooking with parsnips. Oh, excellent. <laughs> I've got an aeroplane going overhead, sorry folks. <laughs> we'll just wait for it to pass. There we go. Yes, exactly. I think it's really important probably to mention two things here. Everything we've talked about today is really important, but I suppose two key things um, that spring to mind for me is one is that everything that RET does is free of charge for schools. Is that right? Yeah, that's quite right. And that does mean that a lot more schools can engage with us. So we offer everything that we can free of charge. Uh, so that includes class talks, farm visits and teacher training. It's all free to access and can be done online through the uh, website. Amazing. And and how teachers may ask how it fits, all of the work of RET fits in with the curriculum of excellence so how mm-hmm. how's the synergy there uh, okay well everything RET does links in with the curriculum uh, the links are through health and well-being and social studies and science and the stem topics so science technology engineering and maths and RET can link into all of them uh, John's demonstrated some links in today through health and well-being looking at the types of vegetables he grows mm-hmm. so there's a lot of links and everything we do is linked into the curriculum yeah Sarah you must work with a lot of farmers i know some farmers um host tours and visits like john does and others will go into classrooms sometimes to speak to pupils in in there so how does that those visits uh, in classrooms contrast with with what we've been doing today out and about at craigie's uh, well, we're really lucky in Scotland that all our, volunteer, all our farmers are actually volunteers, so they give up their time to do these visits and talks for us, which is absolutely fantastic. When they go into school, they often bring props with them. So if you've got an arable farmer, they might bring grain samples and some stocks for the kids to look at. Dairy people sometimes bring clusters. So if you come out on a farm, you get to see the sights and smells. And when we go into the classroom, we try and bring some of those sights and smells with us. Yeah. Uh, and it's, so it's whatever works best for that particular school or that particular teacher and, and class. Yes, it really depends yeah. on the requirements and needs of the school and we'll try and uh, tailor the visits accordingly. Absolutely. And um, how many children benefit from the work of RET and its, its volunteer farmers in, in an average year? Well, it's around about 70,000, which is absolutely fantastic. And that number grows year on year as the interest in where food comes from is increasing, particularly as uh, issues around sustainability increase and people have more interest and want to find out more about where their food's coming from. Yes, and uh, do you have enough volunteer farmers to provide all of the uh, that education well we're always looking for more so if anyone's interested please do get in touch <laughs> excellent I w- hopefully you will hopefully you will so any questions of the chickens yep how do they know to lay the eggs in the egg hatch and not just to do it anywhere that's a good question Th- their natural instincts is to try and find somewhere nice to sit in a nest and lay their egg so we try and make the nest box as, as nice as possible so that it encourages them to, to lay their egg in the nest box. But you will get some chickens that will, will lay them in, in random places. So every, every day when we're checking them, we've just to go around the, their coop and just check to see if there's any eggs lying anywhere else. That was an excellent question, I thought. I've always wondered that myself. How do they know where to go? Now John's told us. Superb. John, from your years of experience, what do you think it is that, that makes it so enjoyable and that other farmers would also experience if they were to volunteer with RET? 
you know, there's not many things that you do that you get you know such such reward for. There's nothing more rewarding than you know getting kids that have come maybe come from an inner city deprived background that have probably never been out on a farm before, and 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 seeing these, um, you know, as the teachers might sort of call them little terrors, really just kind of uh, you know their jaws drop and uh, just you know, they take it all in and, and everything you tell them is is a fantastic experience. And then at the other end of the scale, you know, speaking to uh, kids from upper end of school, so senior school, that are you know, starting to make choices on what career paths they want to go down. So getting them out onto the farm and kind of you know showing them the different options and the different uh, um, you know that are all connected to the ground and food production, um, you know, is it, it, immensely re- rewarding. And I also think that, um, in my experience anyway, that sometimes we see or hear things in the press about farming and farmers that are misleading so for me I feel that it's really important that farmers have a voice and RET is one of the ways in which they're enabled to have a voice to, to tell people what really happens and what life is really like on farm and all of the benefits that farmers are delivering for all of us. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, we've got to stand up and kind of uh, be a lot better at communicating. You know, if you go back 20, 30 years ago, everyone would have had a connection to the, the land in some way or another, whether it be an auntie that used to go and help pick berries or an uncle that used to go and help with the potato harvest. Uh, but, you know, through mechanisation, all these connections have been lost. Uh, so, you know, farmers do probably have to be better at how they communicate uh, you know, the great work that they do. So these are our goats. Why do they have yellow tags on their ears? That's a good question. It's a law, the law that all animals uh, have a identif- some form of identification. So it's in case there's any disease breaks out in the country so that you can trace where the animals are. So all these animals, the number on it relates to a number on a passport. So just like you have a passport for when you go off on holiday somewhere, if the goats or the sheep or the pigs or any of the, the, the livestock like that have to move off the farm to go anywhere else to another farm or to the market, they've got to have the passport with them as well. Um, does any of the goats eat vegetables on this farm? Yeah, so they're really good at sort of eating up any of the scraps and things like that. So um, they'll get a small amount of uh, cereal, so something with grain and some nutrients in it in the morning, just like if you were having a plate of porridge. And then the rest of their diet's made up, so eating grass and uh, any vegetables that, that we, we don't sell in the shop. So do you want to go and have a look at the pigs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah come on then, let's go and see the pigs. Sarah, could you describe in one or perhaps two sentences, if you need to, the essence of RET? Well, RET is essentially bringing the countryside to the classroom through farm visits, classroom talks and resources to support teaching in schools. And we've seen firsthand uh, a farm visit at West Cree Farm today. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the resources that are available for teachers? Yeah, RET have a, an online portal that teachers can access. Uh, and this has resources on it that RET has produced, as well as resources from a number of other organisations across Scotland. There's over 800 different resources on there and they're free to access and download. And they're all curricular linked. In an ideal world, a school would come on a farm visit or have a speaker and then follow that up with something back in school, utilising yeah. the resources from the portal. So the learning journey can continue even when the teacher doesn't have a farm 
farmer at his or her side to, yes, to help. exactly. Yeah. And we can also support schools with cookery sessions to build on the learning that might have taken place during their farm visit. Okay, guys. So can you all guess what these are? Pigs. Pigs, yeah. <laughs> Very inquisitive pigs. I think I'm going to get eaten here. <laughs> so they're here for, for, for meat production. They probably have a bit of a shorter life than than what they would if, if, if they weren't getting used for that. But, you know, they have quite a happy life. So what what different cuts of meat do you think we get from from the pigs? Pork. Pork, yep. Bacon. Bacon, yes. The other thing about pigs are that they're, they're very, very clean animals. So the pigs get a bad name for being dirty. But you can see here, you know, at this end, we're standing at the toilet end. And then up there, the straw is really clean. From a very young age, they'll do their toilet in the one area, and then where they're eating their food and where they're, where they're going to lie down and sleep, they won't, won't do any toilet there, so they keep it nice and clean. I think, John, pigs get a bit of a bad reputation for being smelly as well, probably a you know, similar thing, but they're not, are they, at all? No, not too bad no. at all, are they? No. Yeah. Who so likes a bacon sandwich? Full show of hands, yeah. nearly a full show of hands. <laughs> RET is free, as we've discussed, to, to all teachers. Um, so how do you manage to sustain that? Where does your funding come from? Okay, so RET are a charity and we get our funding from many different sources. Uh, NFD is able to donate to us as a charity and we have various events throughout the year where we do fundraising to raise funds uh, at a local level to deliver farm visits in particular areas. RET is unbiased, so all the information that RET provides is unbiased. So we are out here to provide the facts and the information about how food production works and it's up to people to decide what they want to eat at the end of the day. Can you spell out the website for us so that people are in no doubt about where they need to go to find these resources? Yeah, the RET website is www.ret.org.uk. Excellent, thank you. What did you like the best? Probably the chickens. The chickens? And why is that? They're just kind of smart. They are actually, yeah. And what did you like the best? The pigs. The pigs, yeah. Why do you like the pigs best? Because they're funny. They're funny, they are. They're very entertaining animals, I think, and very intelligent as well, aren't they, John? Yeah. Yeah. So did no one like my Brussels sprouts the best? No. Oh, I'm very proud of my Brussels sprouts. As we've heard today, RET is all about bringing farmers and the working countryside and its practices to life for young people. Uh, we've had an amazing tour and I think everything that we've learned is, to, to me, is really important that children understand where their food comes from, what farmers do when they're producing that food, but also what farmers do uh, to protect uh, Scotland's world-renowned countryside. So it's been an amazing day and I think we've all thoroughly enjoyed it. So that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Please do give us your thoughts and views and suggestions for future episodes on Twitter. Uh, and the handle is at on underscore farm UK. So please give us your thoughts and views.